I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son, son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Join me in prayer. Gracious and eternal God, we give you thanks. Thank you for the gift of this church, this community whom you have called. We especially thank you for the waters of baptism and what it represents for us, Lord. Lord, please be with us this day as we wrestle with a difficult text. And may your spirit not give us just clarity, but hope. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. To quote the words of one of the most influential theologians of our day, Taylor Swift once said these words. (laughs) Red is such an interesting color to correlate with emotion because it's on both ends of the spectrum. On one end, you have happiness, falling in love, infatuation with someone, passion, and all that good stuff. But on the other end, you've got obsession, jealousy, danger, fear, anger, frustration. Now, we love the color red, right? We only break it out on certain special occasions. We typically break out the red on two sort of Sundays, and the first one is ordination and installation. Whenever you see a pastor installed, elders installed or called, ordained, we break out the red. We also break out the red during Pentecost. Now we do this because of what the red represents. Red for us represents the work of the Holy Spirit And it also represents the sacrifice of martyrs. Now, we believe that red for us reminds us of the work and presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, when we think of fire and flame, you typically don't hear about fire and flame unless the sermon is having to do with Revelation or Pentecost. But fire and flame throughout all of Scripture represents so many different things. For example, fire is used to represent or to illustrate the presence of God. Fire has been used in another place that represents purification. Fire has also been used uh, to represent the Holy Spirit, and it's also been used to represent judgment. Now, Jesus mentions three things in our text today that we don't often put together that we have to wrestle with. 
fire, baptism, and division. What do those have to do with each other? Now, fire and baptism are multivalent images, which is a fancy way of saying that fire and baptism at different places in Scripture have meant different things. Now, in the New Testament, we often think of baptism for us as what we just witnessed. In the New Testament, it also represents uh, judgment. For example, here are the words of John 3, verses 16 and 17. I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. And I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear the threshing floor and to gather the wheat into this granary. But the chafe will be burned with unquenchable fire. This doesn't sound like a baptism text. I am reminded of a baptism that I officiated two of them when I baptized my, both of my girls. Erin was three when she was baptized because I waited because nobody else was baptizing her but me. <laughs> I waited it out till I was ordained. And I remember in that moment, I, it, as much as I thought to myself, you know, I'm going to keep this objective and I'm going to make sure that this is all about the sacrament and having nothing to do with me, I failed. I was dad up there trying to do some stuff with some water and I couldn't focus. I just couldn't get my mind off of just how cute they were. <laughs> but in our text, Jesus does something very different with baptism. And he talks about not the baptism we experience on Sunday mornings, but Jesus talked about the baptism he would receive. And therein lies the baptismal crisis. The crisis that I speak of is Jesus' baptism, which was what? You're looking at it. The cross. So for us, we love this empty cross. I mean, it means, it means life and hope, strength, resurrection. Those things make us feel good. But for Jesus, that cross meant pain. That cross meant sacrifice. That cross meant death. In Christ's baptism, he bore all sides of the cross. And in our baptism, we too must bear all sides of what baptism means for us. Yes, Jesus came to bring about reconciliation between God and, and humanity, but in doing so invites a great amount of division. Not the sermon you thought you would hear in the midst of so much division. But what we have to wrap our minds around is the full weight 
of the words we profess at baptism. Dr. Alan Culpepper, the founding dean at McAfee School of Theology, speaks about the accountability that baptism brings upon us when he says, the announcement of God's kingdom is divisive because it calls us to commitment. When we say, when we claim that we follow Christ, we are making a commitment to something much bigger than ourselves. You see, Jesus came and turned everything upside down. Jesus came and changed the definition of what love is. Jesus came and changed the conversation as to who God loves, how God loves, who can serve and who cannot. Jesus came and flipped it on its head. So, of course, it has no choice but to be divisive. There is crisis in the decision that we make to follow God. This is a crisis because it is so overtly stressful. How many of you would characterize your relationship with God right now as stressful? Hmm. Well, Jesus admitted to it. Jesus said as much, I have a baptism with which I am to be baptized, and oh, what stress I am under until it is completed. Well, the term stress here is the Greek verb, and it means uh, to hold tightly, to squeeze, to press in. In the context of, of sickness, it means holding on to like a cold. In the context of a tough situation, it means holding on, the inability to let go of fear. There's this great stress that Jesus feels. In fact, Luke is the only place where we get this insight into this feeling of stress that Jesus has. He's the only one that uses this word in this way. So what does it mean for us? Well, we know what this stress feels like because we live in a world that is so openly hostile to the things of God and Jesus Christ. If you don't believe me, just turn on the TV. Turn on the radio. Or for that matter, just go to school or go outside. We can see it, we feel it. When we typically talk about baptism, we only talk about the ceremony on a Sunday. We typically use that age-old phrase, baptism is a visible sign of an invisible grace. But in the fullness of understanding what it really means, baptism is a very visible profession that comes with tremendous consequence on our lives. What must follow is a faithful response to the words that we say. Remember my days of teaching uh, youth confirmation, and one of my favorite sections always was the section on what it means to be a church member. And in one of the few, it's actually the only citation, don't judge me, it's the only citation in our Constitution, which is the Book of Order, that I actually can remember and recite. It's G10103. Ready? 
membership into the church of Jesus Christ is a joy and a privilege. Someone said it. In it, we participate in Christ's mission in the world. As individuals, we should regularly examine and evaluate the integrity of our own membership. The waters of baptism remind us of God's claim and God's care for us. And the ceremony of baptism is just plain awesome. It's one of the few moments in, in ministry where, I don't know about you, Ellen, but I shake because I recognize that what's happening there is so much bigger than me. But I also shake because I recognize what comes with it. And you do too because there's something that you say. One of my favorite parts is not just dumping tremendous amounts of water on a young person, but one of my favorite parts about it is the question that we ask of you. Do you promise to nurture and support this child? Be careful what you say yes to. A lighthearted example, but one that's true. I love saying this, yes, Lord, I will support. And then comes Laura or Emily. Hey, I got this youth retreat. I need an extra volunteer. Can you come? People be like. <laughs> we need a confirmation teacher. We need a youth advisor. Can you come and help do the worship back? I don't do crafts. <laughs> do you see the picture, though? It comes with cost. Following Christ comes with cost. Oh, boy. I got to tell you, it's, it's a tough world to be in, isn't it? There's so much stress and so much division. I mean, right now, I, as I'm in the office, I think about every single word of every single email of every single text, and I cannot tell you within the last 30 days how many things I've typed or written, whether it be a sermon or an article or just a regular text message in a meeting that I have backspaced and deleted it all because I want to make sure that I don't offend anybody. It's not possible. And then I got to thinking about hope. How many of you like those cooking shows that you watch, like MasterChef, any Gordon Ramsay fans? And my favorite challenge in the shows that he does is the souffle challenge. Y'all all know. How many of you actually made a souffle? I don't know. So if you think about a souffle, when does it rise? When it's heated, it rises. I think about Muhammad Ali, who could only say things a certain way. And he said, I don't count my sit-ups. I only start counting the ones that hurt, because the ones that hurt are the only ones that matter. 
So I remember going to the Holy Land, and I remember thinking about, I'm going to the place where Jesus was baptized. And I had, like a typical American, this viewpoint of what it was actually going to look like. And like some great scene out of Lord of the Rings, there was going to be these cascading waterfalls with crystal blue streams and birds hovering over and just this beautifully harmonious scene. Well, when I went to the Jordan River, you're like, that's it? It's just muddy old body of water. I mean, it's incredibly muddy. And so I take this water and there's this stuff. I don't know what species of manner of stuff that is in there. But I looked at this bottle this week and I was reminded of what baptism really means for us. When you think of the red, it's that no matter how muddy, how hard, how dirty we get when we commit to following Christ, God's presence, God's spirit is always with us every single step of the way. We are never alone. And as murky as the bottom of this bottle is, and as brownish as it looks, and as awful as it would smell if I were to take this cap off, you know what would never happen? Is this water will never evaporate. That is the baptismal promise. We are never alone. Amen.